tonight, won't it? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to have him singing again. It's too cold. Amen. Amen. Just imagine he was singing it again. Thank God for grace. Amen. I would be nothing without his grace. I would be nowhere without his grace. Thank God for grace. Some call it foolishness, huh? Or impossible. Amen. But for every one of us that has changed, it's a miracle. And <laughs> we know what it is. Amen. Thank God for grace. All right, let's, let's do some Bible study. Job chapter 1, get your thinking caps on. Job chapter number 1. Yes. Don't you want to come somewhere where you learn something? All right. Three of you. Still want to learn. Some of you say, uh-uh, I, I made a promise. When I graduated out of the last school and I made a promise to God I wasn't going to learn nothing else in my life. And you've done a good job at it. All right. Now, let's break the mold tonight. Listen, we, listen, you can't live what you haven't learned. Okay. So we got to learn. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly of heart. You'll find rest unto your soul. Well, you learn Jesus, you'll learn how to live. Right? And the Bible is always directing us to Jesus. Job chapter number one. There was a man in the land of us whose name was? Yes. And that man, let's talk about him. He was what? And, and one that and package deal. They come together. Fearing God and shit. Well, some, some of you, I, I, you know, I'm just going to take the fear of God part and just love me some evil. I'm just going to, no, 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 I'm going I'm to hate me some evil, but I don't really fear God. No, 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 package deal. They come together. You get the first one right, you, get, you buy one, get, two, get one free. All right? Fear God and eschew evil. And they were born unto him, how many? Seven sons and making how many children? Smart crowd. Seven plus three is good job. His substance was all, all, his substance also was how many sheep? How many camels? How many yoke of oxen? Talk to me. How many she asses? And a very great household. So that this man was the what? Of all the men of the, is that what your Bible says? How many believe the Bible? Every last word. Amen. His sons went feasted in the house every one his day and sent a call for their three sisters to eat and to drink with him. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about. The Job sent and did what? Sanctified them. Amen. Rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offerings according to what? The number of them all. How many kids he had? How many offerings offered? Yeah, according to the number of them all. Amen. For Job said, why did he do this? Well, I was going to answer. It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job what? Thus did Job. It wasn't a one and done thing. He kept doing it. Amen. The only part of Christianity you really believe is the part you keep doing. Everything else is just, just hit and miss. Amen. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing, cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Use the Bible. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name.
Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for being here, braving the elements and weathering the storm. I know it's cold. We appreciate all of these folks. It's dark. It's cold. And there are other things you could be doing, and, and rightfully so. Thank you for being here. I'd like to respect your time and make good of it to get you back safe and sound and warm in the house tonight. But before we get there, let's think about this question. Why do bad things happen to good people? How many of you witnessed that and have experienced that fact that bad things do happen to good people? Would you raise your hand and say amen to that? You may be one of those to whom you feel it is happening. Job is a proof text of this occurrence, and Job is a wonderful example of how a good person that has bad things happen to him can respond. One wise person said, you cannot choose what happens to you, but you can choose how you respond to it. How many of you believe that? You cannot choose what happens to you. How about this? You can't choose what people do to you, but you can choose how you respond to them. The last thing you want to do is be sinned against and in response, sin back. So, so good things happen sometimes to bad people and bad things happen to good people. So here's Job. We talked about a number of lessons we're going to learn in this study of Job. We'll not review them, but you have them in your notes. And now last week we began to dive into the narrative in verse number one of chapter one. We found out, first of all, as we're studying this chapter about Job's stellar description. I mean, I mean, when you describe him in scripture as it is by the writer, ultimately God, it, it really is a stellar description. I mean, you can't describe somebody better. You really can't be warranted as better of a person than how Job was described. Pretty, pretty remarkable that he's described this way. Here it is. He's from a particular country. He lived in the land of us. In other words, this is not a figment of our imagination. This is not a fictitious character. This is not a fictional story. This was a man that lived in the real world. How many of you know the world got wicked the moment Adam sinned? Okay, six chapters into the Bible, it was so wicked, God repented that he had made man. In other words, he changed his mind. He said, I, I changed my mind. I even made man. I'm going to destroy man with a fub because they were exceeding wicked. Listen to me. Before, before we get to the book of Job, now we believe this is early in Scripture, that he lived sometime in between uh, the, the, the time when we, we talked about, we, we, he lived in a time of Abraham and the others. Perhaps this book was written by Moses because of how long he lived. But I'm trying to establish the fact he lived in a wicked world and yet he didn't live wickedly. Sometimes we look at people in Scripture and we go, yeah, they did that, but they lived in a different time and it wasn't bad like my time. No, 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 no. Job did right when people were doing wrong. Anybody listening? Job did right when people are doing wrong. So, so when he says thing like, things like the land of us, it's really not something significant about us. It's just we're just talking about a man with a real address. So, so in other words, if, if we were preaching tonight, we, we would say, uh, hopefully there'd be a say, there, there is a, a, a man in the, in, the, in the land of Virginia. There is a man in the city of Alexandria. There is a, a woman in the city of Woodbridge. There is a family in the city of Springfield. There is a man in the state of Virginia. There is a family on the east. There is somebody living in Fairfax County that decided in a wicked world to do what's right. 
So he's from a particular country with personal character. Now, listen, this is his character. This is not character by default. Huh? This is character by decision. Am I listening? This is not character. is not a default. Okay? You don't end up with character. No, no, no. You choose to have character. This might be good. Put in your notes. Okay? This, this is how life works. Your, 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 your choices, okay? You got to make choices or decisions. They form habits. Okay? And we know that habits are formed in 30 days. So if you want to form a habit, you got to choose something 30 days in a row. Okay? And it becomes a habit. Your habits form your character, and your character secures your destiny. This is a pattern. You're not going to be who you're supposed to be in 10 years if you don't decide tomorrow you got to be who you're supposed to be. Huh? Everybody's got a 10-year plan. Somebody need to have a 10-minute plan because everybody's trying to figure out what they're going to be in 10 minutes, and they won't do right in 10, 10 years, and they won't do right in 10 minutes. Listen, if you want to be, listen, if you want to be right this time next year, you better get up and be right this time tomorrow. Amen. So, so this, this, is, this is character by decision. This is, this is the character of Job that the word of God says. He was perfect and upright. That means he had a righteous walk. He feared God. That means he had reverent ways. Fear God means to respect. It means to revere. It means to honor. It means to be in awe of God. And then he had repulsive wickedness. He eschewed evil. It means he hated evil. He despised evil. He detested evil. He couldn't stand evil. Listen to me, beloved. You're not going to learn to dislike things that are bad for you until you learn to love who's good for you. Amen? And when you fear God and you respect God and you honor God and, and you revere God, he will develop in you a distaste for wickedness and the stuff that you used to love and you used to crave and you used to be around and the stuff that you used to be drawn to. Now that you're drawn to God, you look and say, I don't want that. I don't, I don't I want to listen to that. I, I don't want to go there. Some of, you, some of you Christian people are trying to figure out how you're going to learn to dislike stuff in your Christian life that's bad for you. Job's teaching us you got to fear God. God has to amaze you. God has to astound you. God has to put you in awe. And when you fear God, you begin to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Stand in awe, Psalm 4-4, and sin not. This is what the Bible says about Job. He feared God and he hated evil. May God give us Christians in a wicked world just like us was, in a wicked society just like ours is, among wicked people just like you and I live among. God give us people in this day and age, 2024, that won't just sit around wondering why bad things happen to good people, but will actually be good people. Amen. Is this joke. This is the stellar description of Job. He, he's someone of a, of a particular country and personal character. Now, verse 2 tells us he has precious children. Precious children. They were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. How many of you know every child born is precious? Come on, let me say that again. Every child born is precious. Yes, children are in the heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man. 
So our children of thy youth. Happy is the man that hath this quiver full of them. So the Bible tells us he had seven sons and three daughters. I mean, man, this is, this is a big family. God has given him precious children. And could I say to every single person in the building tonight, if God has given you children, you need to remember that they are a gift from God and therefore precious. Amen. What a joy it is for us as parents to be to be those who are responsible for our children, that God would entrust them into our care. And whether God gives you one or God gives you 10 or 11, all right, like we have the Pearsons. Listen, regardless of what happens, we ought to understand they are precious. That, that means of great value, of great worth. That's what precious means. Seven sons and three daughters. So here's a man. Here's a man. Who's living in the land of us. He's living with character. And he's living with children. In a country with character. With children. Now notice, if you would, this description of Job. His prosperous condition. His substance. Everybody say his substance. Verse number three. Also. 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels. We read this a few moments ago, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she asses, a great, very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. I did some studying today, and nobody can really nail it down. But I will tell you that <clears throat> there were those who tried to do inventory on all of these animals and the livestock and all the land that Job possessed, calculated in today's economy. And I heard... Those that calculated it as low as 40 million and one that calculated it over 250 million. So if Job were alive today, he would be worth somewhere between 40 and 250 million dollars. What the exact amount is really doesn't matter. But the fact of the matter is this guy had a lot of money. Pastor, why are you saying this? Number one, I'm saying it's proof that having money doesn't make you wicked. Say that again. Sometimes we think, because the Bible talks about rich, the rich, the rich, the rich, the rich, the rich. Listen, Solomon was rich. God gave him riches. I mean, God, God blessed Job with riches. So Job's riches were not a symptom of wickedness. So, so, so let's, the Bible, Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. You know what that means? That when God blesses you, he blesses you good, addeth no sorrow to it, and you don't have to feel guilty about it. Now watch this now. Stuff you have that you feel guilty about, you might have got it from the wrong person. Because when God blesses you, you don't have to hold your head down and pop. A Christian shouldn't be embarrassed that God blesses you with a new car or a new house or nice clothes or a good job or resources or an abundance of money. Praise the Lord. The question is not whether riches make you evil. The question is whether or not God can trust you with riches. Is your stewardship credible? Can he bless you? Because everybody's in line saying, God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Let me be the next in line for a miracle. Let's let Publishers Clearhouse come down my driveway. Let me be on the commercial smiling. Oh, I can't believe it. Let me be the one that has a lot of money and I can give to. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. Could I ask you a question? If you ain't, listen, if you're not honoring God with two nickels, don't expect God to bless you with two million. You, you got to be faithful where you are. God bless Job. 
So he's a man with a particular country. He's a man with personal character. He's a man with precious children. He's a man with a prosperous condition. Now, I want you to notice he's also someone with prioritized consecration. I'm sorry. Before I get to that one, write this down. A perceptive conscience. A perceptive conscience. Look, if you would, the next verse. The Bible says in verse number 4, And his sons went and feasted in the houses, everyone his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. By the way, this is not a verse talking about wild children. Just talking about what the family was doing amongst themselves. And the appearance is, is that each of them in their homes was having a celebration and was inviting their other siblings to join him. So you see what I'm saying? The sons went and fasted in their houses, everyone his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink. So in other words, these sons were having gatherings together, and then they invited their sisters to come and gather with them. It's not a bad thing. By the way, families ought to have a good time together. But, but here's why I say he had a perceptive conscience. Because Job was a daddy who knew what was going on and, and, and tried his best to make sure he was in tune on what was going on. And by the way, we're human beings. We can't ever know everything about everybody who's somebody. But we ought to do the best to know what we can about those that we love. A perceptive conscience. So important. Now, look at what verse number 5 says. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, the Job sent and sanctified them. Prioritized consecration. Let's make sure I'm matching you all's notes. Yes, prioritized consecration. I gave them to you. God help me that I don't have them right. Prioritize consecration. Now, I want you to get this, and, and then I'll quit tonight. Keep my word. When the days of their feasting were gone about. Now, in other words, kids out and about doing what they do. Job sent and sanctified them. Put this in your notes. The word sanctified means to set apart. It literally means to set apart for a purpose. Okay, every single, every person that's saved has been sanctified. Okay, God sanctified you. The day you got saved, you got sanctified. He set you apart. Listen to me. When God looks down at the world, the world may see black and white and rich and poor and educated and uneducated. And listen, listen. You know what God sees? Saved and unsaved. And everybody that's saved is sanctified. Hey, listen to me. Moreover, those that he, he, he washed, he sanctified. He set you apart. But listen, you're not set apart so you can brag. You're set apart so you can, so you can be a blessing. You're set apart so you can live for him. You're set apart so you can be different. Amen? Sanctification. Positionally, I've been set apart. Progressively, I'm being setting apart. Perfectly, I will be set apart. Did you hear me tonight? Position. Day you got saved, you got set. You are in a different spot than the world is. You in Christ. Can I get an amen? You were set apart positionally, but every day you're being set apart progressively. In other words, every single day, God is making me more and more and more and more and more like Jesus. If I'm not becoming more like Jesus, I'm not cooperating with the work of the Holy Ghost of God because the work of the Holy Ghost of God is a progressive work in me, conforming me day by day into the image of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, that's positional, he is a new creature. That means you're in Christ. The best place to be, everybody say, in Christ. 
best place to be in, on planet Earth. Everybody say, in Christ. Yes, that's right, in Christ. If any man be in Christ, that's positional. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That word become, that tense of the word become is in the progressive. That is the active progressive tense. They are becoming new. So in that verse, I see my positional sanctification. I see my progressive. You ought to be better in January of 24 than you were in December of 23 because the Holy Ghost inside of you is sanctifying you progressively since he sanctified you positionally. And watch this now. You're going to be sanctified perfectly. You say, when is that on the calendar? Whenever God says so. But I tell you where it is in the canon of Scripture. We know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And when I'm like Jesus, you know what that means? No sin, no flesh, no temptation, no drawn away from to the wrong things. I'll be just like Jesus. So watch this now. You, By the way, you can't get the perfect if you don't have the positional. You can't get the progressive if you don't have the positional. Watch this now. If you get saved, you get positional. And after you get saved, you're getting progressive. And one day, you're going to get perfect. Aren't you glad I've been set apart, I'm being set apart, and I will be set apart? It's Bible. So, now Job sanctified his children. Set them apart. So, we're going to have to do some inference here. Because clearly, he couldn't do it like God did it. I mean, God did it, our, sanctified us in our hearts. So, so obviously he sanctified them. He, he, he either brought them to him and taught them, this is what you need to do. He, he trained them in a certain way to set them apart. He, he lectured him about them about what was right and what was wrong. He, he positioned them through his teaching to set them apart. The Bible says he sanctified. Look what it says. The Bible says when his sons feasted in their houses every day, verse number four, verse number five, when the days of feasting were gone about, Job sent and sanctified. So, so we're going to have to infer in Scripture what he did. But whatever he did, he made sure that while they were doing what kids do, that he did his part to make sure they were doing it in a way that was set apart. That's a good daddy. You, you, listen, you can't make your children love Jesus, but you can sure make, make Jesus being loved as easy as possible. That's what he's saying. Sanctify them. This is, this is, it, the responsibility of this father is y'all going to be out and about. I can't follow you. I can't spy on you. I can't know everything you're doing. But I'm doing the best I can as a father. Sanctify them. I want you to be set apart. I, I want you to know as your father that I love God so much that I want to make sure that I do everything I can that you love God too. That, 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 that's, what, that's how you sanctify your children. I'm, I'm going to give you God every way I can. What, do, do, do you understand? What, let, me, let me say this. Um, you can't sanctify nobody if you ain't sanctified yourself. That's why everything starts with character. Everything starts with character. 
That's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with America. That's what's wrong with our homes. That's what's wrong with our churches. We got, we got, we got non-character people trying to legislate character. You can't teach nobody to love God if you don't love God. You can't teach nobody to fear God if you don't fear God. You can't teach anybody to do right if you don't do right. You can't teach anybody to hate wrong if you don't hate wrong. If you want to help somebody, you got to start by helping yourself. Once you help yourself, you can help somebody. And who better to help than the somebodies that happen to be your own somebodies with your last name? Starts here. I got to make choices for me. I got to make choices for me. By the way, Samuel made choices, and his sons didn't make choices. Eli made choices, his son didn't make choices. Paul says to, uh, of, 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 of a bishop, you know, the, the requirement is never in it of someone. You, your children have to love God. You can't make children love God. You know, Paul said, you got to be in subjection. Subject means they got to do what you say. So hopefully while they do what you say, they'll fall in love with Jesus. That's what he's saying. Sanctify. But it starts with personal. God help us as parents to not be trying to lead something we've not lived. I want my children to know that this, this is not a sermon. This is what I believe. That this is not, this is not a, a podcast. This is not a, a live, this is not a segment. This is not a lecture for a class. This is not a syllabus for a credit. This is who I am. And hopefully, they see enough real in me that they want it for themselves. Now, next Wednesday, Wednesday we're going to talk about he went even over and beyond. That's, that's character. Tonight, I want to remind all of us, it all starts with character. Job sanctified his children. Some of you in here saying, I don't have any children. Well, you've got influence. And maybe you can leave this building tonight determined that the people that I impact, I'm going to do my best to sanctify them. And I can't ever take someone spiritually further than I've gone myself. Father, bless your people and honor your name through us. We love you and we thank you. Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for being here at church tonight. Hey, listen.